0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind everybody again about the Newcastle book launch for the lovely, Brooke McCallery's latest book, Slow. I'm hosting this event with my lovely friend, podcast guest, and wonderful woman behind the Rich Life website, Samantha Dove. Tickets have been selling quite quickly as they are only $6, and that's just to cover venue hire, so it's it's really nothing. It's peanuts in the big scheme of things. And the book launch is happening at the Hunter Design School, which is at 67 Parry Street, Newcastle, just opposite the Edwards on Wednesday, September 27 from 6.30pm. It's going to be super fun with Brooke reading parts of her book and I'm sure there'll also be time for a a little bit of a Q&A. There will be a light supper and tea and Brooke's book Slow will also be available for sale and I'm sure Brooke will be there signing it on the night. It will be a super fun night and I personally cannot wait to have Brooke in my hometown in Newcastle. Tickets and links and all that kind of stuff will be in the show notes as well as the events page at liveimmediately.com. So go there to check it all out and I can't wait to see you all there. Now on to this week's episode and the big questions are often the most important but the hardest to ask, especially when you're asking yourself. My guest today, Emily Ellers, started asking herself the big questions what do I value? What is important to me? Just after her mother-in-law passed away from brain cancer. My conversation with Emily takes many twists and turns as we discuss parenthood and allowing our children to grow, values and realigning our true north, and the numbingness of drifting through life. Emily is an eco-warrior, and we talk about moving towards zero waste, how we need to be gentle with our partners when bringing new ideas into the household, and Emily also shares some great tips for when starting out towards zero waste. We also talk about how too often we are chasing that imaginary finishing line, waiting for a magical day to arrive where we can be happy and fulfilled, but how that day we have been waiting for is today. Emily shares a brilliant less or more exercise where you write down what you want less of in your life and what you want more of. It's so simple and brilliant. I absolutely love it. And I share the art of smiling, which is a simple but powerful exercise I do to change or improve my mood. This is a really fun episode and I just know you're going to love Emily and all of her fun little tips that she spreads throughout our talk. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Emily Ellers. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm very well, very well indeed. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today?
1: I am in Perth, Western Australia. It was a very cold night tonight. Oh,
0: really? And we are speaking in the evening tonight. Yeah, it's, I think it's 6 p.m. your time and 8 p.m. my time. Uh, yep. I've never made it over to the, the Western side of Australia, but I, I do hope to get there one day.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm I'm just kind of off the beach, and we've got um a mother and calf whale hanging about at the moment. So it's just yeah, feeling lucky to live here. Oh wow,
0: that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. It's so nice to see. It's just hanging out on the reef. The oh. surfers are a game though. They're just like surfing near it. I'm just yeah, <laughs> it looks beautiful though.
0: Oh, lovely. And speaking of mother and calf, and I don't, I, don't, I definitely do not want to call your family mother <laughs> or calf or anything like that. But but um. Your family has grown by one in the past few months, so firstly, congratulations on that.
1: Oh thank you, yeah, little Toby is and, quite a happy little fellow
0: <laughs> oh beautiful, and so that 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 gives you your your second child and and is is motherhood different the second time around, or do you feel like a bit of a pro now
1: it's so funny i I am enjoying it more in a way that I care so much less about what other people think. Like I, I think I used to really take on board um, all the little bits of advice that people would give you and, as you'd know, people give you so much advice when you're a parent. Um, so with Toby I just care less and I'm just doing my my thing my way, so that's been great. But I also think I was really cocky and didn't think that a second child would be that much extra work. <laughs> And now I'm just gonna go, Oh my goodness. It it's quite hard. But um but yeah, it's been it's been good though. It's been good. I like the the care factor being so much less on other people's opinions.
0: <laughs> and, and and I guess, you know, sticking on the motherhood topic and you spoke there about your care factor being a little bit less, but are there other things that you've learnt from child one that have changed or had an effect on the way that you think you'll parent your your second child? <sighs> Well,
1: I think I've realised that you need to be pretty adaptable and have different parenting styles for different children because Lucy is just a dynamo. She is so energetic and Toby, I'm, I'm, obviously, it can change. He's only four months. But um, Toby seems like a really cruisy little dude. So I've just kind of I, – I used to think that you'd have to just have like a blanket style of parenting, but now I'm realising you're going to have to have a different game plan with them both. So that will be interesting as it goes on.
0: And, um so yeah <laughs> and have, have you had any I guess s- surprises about parenthood or being a mother
1: uh the ju- the judgment and I don't want to sound negative there because the other ones have been like it's just so much fun as well as being really hard but I guess yeah the judgment on it and how hard it is to let um let your kids be who they are mm. I I couldn't get over how hard that Is and has been, especially because me and Lucy are quite similar. So I feel like it's brought up any like past wounds that I had from childhood or even as a teenager. I'm seeing her kind of coming into and yeah, that kind of freaks me out and and just getting yeah little comments on how how little girls should behave. Yeah. Because I kind of I kind of want Lucy to be not not gross. That's the wrong (laughs) word, but I kind of want her to be who she is and she loves bugs and she she she's just she's just a funny little girl but I keep getting told like oh ladies don't act like that mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's really interesting how much that seems to affect me.
0: Yeah it's it's true there like you just want them to to grow and develop into whoever they are going to be and it's you know as parents we always want the best. And I know that is a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. And yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes like I find we, with our little daughter, Andy, who had a, her sixth birthday uh, a couple of days ago, oh. I, I, I want her to evolve into who she is. but And then sometimes I struggle because I'm like, well, as a parent, am I meant to be kind of guiding her down a particular path? Not that I have any idea what that path is.
1: Exactly. And it's also that thing where you're like, do I let you be exactly who you are? And Lucy's like, exactly like me as a kid, runs around screaming and, and just doing funny things. She's a goose. Um, or do you kind of help them fit in because you, you can see the hardship that they're going to go against? So it's, yeah, it's a really funny line to have to walk along.
0: Yeah. And I guess too, you're talking there about like sometimes we can pass our own fears onto our kids.
1: Oh, Absolutely. I fully, because you know when you see all those movies with the, um, it's usually like a, a lawyer or a doctor dad who's living vicariously through his son or something like that. I, I never used to understand those movie roles, but now I kind of get it. Like I can kind of understand how you want to kind of, I don't know, push them down a path because it all starts with good intentions. Like mm. you just worry that they're going to get hurt and you just want them, as you said, to have the best and yeah
0: it's interesting <laughs> an, ex- an example of a movie as you you could be referring to and I, I talk about this because I know that we both have a love of this film Dead Poets Society where there's that dad who is pushing his son down a certain path but the son actually wants to go into drama and then we you know he ends up committing exactly. suicide So
1: yeah Yeah. such a good movie so that was a great so, movie
0: I-, I actually wanted to bring that movie into this conversation and you you gave me a segue so early on so I thank you for that
1: Ah. Oh. <laughs> Look at me go. <laughs> no, that's,
0: that's beautiful. And like, I understand that the birth of, of Toby this year was a big, beautiful moment for you. But I also know that last year you had a, a big moment that wasn't as wonderful with the passing of your mother-in-law to, um, to brain cancer. Yeah. So firstly, yeah, yeah. firstly, I'm really sorry for your loss there.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was
0: hard. It was rough time. Oh, I I, yeah. I couldn't imagine it, but I guess with mm-hmm. with with those kind of moments in our lives, you know, these big moments, they can often create turning points in our life. And and like, was this a turning point for you?
1: Oh, absolutely! I we were floored by it because it was it was a real shock. It was she was the one that we thought would be a hundred and bossing us around. So um, for that to have happened to her was just one of those things that just makes you question everything. And, um, yeah, it, it just kind of set me on a different path and I just started questioning what I was doing, what I wanted to do, what I really valued. And I, I always find it really naff to say what's my truth, but mm. <laughs> that that's the truth. Like I was thinking like, how do I want to live? And yeah, it, it was unbelievable. I've got, um, a photo of her, which cause it started, she had, a, she had a seizure first and then it was a year of sickness before we lost her. But there's this one photo that was the day before she had the seizure and she's just sitting at, like, her favourite cafe, looks glamorous as ever, just smiling away and none of us knew what was coming the next day. And it, it just, that just really strikes me all the time I think about it and just kind of, yeah, it made me really want to get intentional about my life and be conscious about it, not just kind of drift along because we all get caught up in just the sort of, menial things and complaining about things that don't really matter and that just really woke me up to that
0: and it's just inter- interesting that you use that word drift because I think yeah. I think sometimes it is that you just kind of you're drifting from one day to the next which is really what live immediately is all about is kind of like you know, putting your feet down and saying no to that, and figuring out what you want to do and doing it today instead of pushing it off to tomorrow. But like when you talk, yeah. when you talk about that that drifting, and you also spoke about, you know, asking yourself those big questions. Did you go through a process when when you started asking yourself those questions?
1: I did. I actually, it started off with just a, such a simple list. I literally just wrote and this was while she was still sick, but this was kind of maybe a couple of months before we lost her. So it was getting quite intense. And um, I just wrote um, a column with less on one side and more on the other. And I just said, okay, I want to do less of this. And then on the opposite column, I would kind of say what the more was sort of thing. So um, I was like less crap conversations And then that helped me kind of go, okay, so I want more deep conversations. I want more dinner at the table, like really small details. Um, But it really helped to look at what I didn't want anymore. Um, So, yeah, so that was kind of for such a simple list that really, really, really helped me clarify a couple of things. And then I just started noticing a lot. And I just really became aware of how I was spending my time and my energy and how I actually felt about things. Like at that time we had a a fair bit of drama around us, not not relating to Louise being sick, but people in our lives who would bring drama into our house. And I was just – I might not have noticed it before. I might have just kind of like said the easy thing and like been like, oh, poor you and had the conversation. But then I started kind of going, actually, no, like this is taking so much of my energy. And I think also because – when you're dealing with a sickness, especially one that's a terminal sickness, you really, really, really are discerning about what you're spending your energy on. And so, yeah, it just, it just became this, this process of just noticing and then altering as I went um, and kind of cutting things out and then adding more things in. And so even though it was a really hard time, it actually became quite a beautiful time as well.
0: Yeah, I love that idea of that list. I've, I've oh, it, never thought of something like that. Like what do you want less of and what do you want more of? That's beautiful.
1: It's surprisingly effective <laughs> um, because it, it's funny. I actually watched a, – um, a, I can't remember. It was a TED Talk of Tim Ferriss the other day and he he did a thing on fear setting. So mm-hmm. instead of goal setting, which can be so broad, doing fear setting instead and saying what do you fear most because that can just – it it can just help you define it a bit more because we all know what we fear. It's kind of harder to narrow it down onto what you really want for some reason.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I've actually seen that Ted talk. It's great. And uh, to be honest, there's, there's not much that Tim Ferriss does. That isn't great.
1: I know he's a genius.
0: (laughs) But you also spoke there about values and values is a big word. And, and, And I say that because I think deep down we all have these values. But we find it really hard to articulate them or even if we can articulate them, we find it hard to take our our lives off that drifting path to actually align ourselves with those values. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've been able to do or you've thought of doing or you're hoping to do? Because I, I know that like me, you're not perfect. But like yeah. what are some of those things that you've been able to do to kind of maybe realign that that true north?
1: Hmm, That's a very good question. What have I been doing? Um, I guess I've just been kind of like taking it really step by step. So I've kind of – I like writing things down. So I can sit there and overanalyze in my head till a cow's come home. Um, for me, putting pen to paper and actually kind of – Writing it out and seeing if there are any patterns. Um, so I've done that, and I've seen that like at the moment, my priorities are like health, family, creativity. And I used to be an all or a nothing person, so I used to try and change everything at the one time, and then beat myself up when I fell off the wagon. Did I do that? Um oh, it's just, it's so so tempting to do. (laughs) It's really hard to pull yourself back and go, no, just do bit by bit. Um, So yeah, so I think it's been that, like, I've just been kind of adding in bit by bit. So for example, um, having dinner at the table together, because everybody says that family is one of their biggest values. It's It's that easy thing to say, because it's true. Yet we don't often act like it. And I just realized that, me and my family weren't really communicating too much mainly me and my husband because when you've got kids you just kind of become roommates a bit especially in the early stages so I was just like okay let's just have dinner at the table and then we added in a morning walk um, together before he went to work and we've just just kept adding in and and questioning how it's going and what we want more of and the less again and yeah it's, it's really adding up now.
0: And so when you, you talk about and, – and, like, these are simple things and, and same with that list that you spoke of, they're, you know, a, a more or less list. It's, it's simple, but it's sometimes we, we think that we need to create these grand, crazy ideas before life can be simple. And, and you, yeah. you, speak, you speak of, um, you know, a family dinner and an, a yeah. morning walk. And even though they are simple things, did it feel – strange at first because I feel sometimes when we get in that normality of life like this is the way that we do things and this is what we've always done and when you kind of come to the the household with this new idea even though it might be a simple idea about hey let's have dinner together or let's go for a walk before you go to work yeah was there any weirdness or or reluctance there
1: um, A little bit. It's it's certainly easier to just drift along. So I mean, we've become one of my latest things that I'm focusing on is less TV time and less sort of, I don't want my daughter really playing with the iPhone as much and things like that. So that sort of stuff is hard, because when you're tired, you just want to hand it over. <laughs> um, But I guess it actually kind of felt easy when we when we actually did it like you you realize how quickly you you have missed it, it it's it's amazing when you just kind of draw your attention to it and go oh, wow this is just so lovely and even even things like having the family um dinner it meant that the tv wasn't on and therefore we started getting tired earlier and this is coming from us not sleeping well before so it kind of yeah it just happened really quickly and it's just kind of flowed it's become quite easy and I think it's because we've replaced it with something nice. I remember I used to do this thing where I used to always get rid of the TV and be like, no more TV. <laughs> We're just going to be like, <laughs> have candlelight and read books and be a romantic. And we didn't, but we didn't actually replace it with anything. Like, we just took away the TV and then just sat there with this big weird void. Um, but no, since we've actually replaced it with beautiful activities, it's, yeah, it's been easy.
0: You also spoke there about being aware of the situation. And I think that's something that I've found with Ingrid and I is, is talking about it and being aware of certain things. So now when someone comes to the table or to the household with an idea of, Hey, why don't we try this? Or why don't we try that? Or I was listening to a podcast and someone was talking about X, Y, Z, or I was just watched this Ted talk Mm -hmm. and someone said, blah, blah, blah. um, Do you want to try it? Once you start trying things, all of a sudden trying new things is a fun thing.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's just, it's just amazing just opening it up a bit, opening up the kind of uh, the the conversation and just saying, even with my daughter, so she's four and a half, and just saying to her, hey, Luce, what are your favourite things to do? And she just, what did she say? She said she loved drawing with me, which I never realised that she loved as much as she did, and that she loved um, climbing trees. So then that, made mark realize that he wanted to go hiking more which i had been thinking but we hadn't voiced to each other and it was just amazing we just had this moment we're kind of going okay cool let's go hiking more like this can be a family activity where we're not just always looking for things to do it's like we've got this crossover that we all want to do this so so yeah it's, it's it's really nice when you just open
0: it up. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And opening it up, let's open up this conversation because I also know that you are very passionate about zero waste. And I know for our family, it's something that we've been, uh, you know, more mindful over, uh, sorry, more mindful about over the past year or so. And I feel yeah. for, for us, it's been a, a natural progression from wanting to live life with less stuff to being mindful about the stuff that we're throwing away or or maybe even more so being mindful about the stuff that we're bringing into our daily life but how yeah. have you been able to bring this notion of heading towards zero waste into your family
1: um i've always i've like always been green at the core and so like i've always been doing like little bits and kind of taking my bags and things like that um so they My husband's been kind of used to that sort of thing, but I made the really conscious decision to um, a couple of months ago to really give it a go and go to zero waste. Um, How have I done it? With Mark, so Mark's my husband, I've had to be more gentle with him because it's hard when you've got these really strong philosophies and beliefs and you don't want to force them on on your partner, but you're sharing a house with them as well. So I've just kind of got him on board by showing him some of the stuff that I've been learning about it and the, the things that have inspired me to do it, like that War on Waste program that we had in Australia, which I think shocked everyone.
0: And um, so many people and, watched that too, which was great.
1: Oh, it's it's incredible how that has made a difference. And I think it's because um, he made it so f- – not fun, but he did. He made it quite quite a fun, light thing. He didn't make it this real doom and gloom thing, even though what he was saying was – really quite scary. Um, And that that provides a good segue for how I've got Lucy involved because I've made it fun for her. So when we go for a walk, you would have heard of Take Three, the organization that just says whenever you go to the beach or any walkway, just take three pieces of
0: rubbish. No, I've never heard of this.
1: Oh, really? Oh, Take Three. So Tim Silverwood, he was actually on War of Waste. He's one of my heroes. He's just awesome. And um, yeah, it's basically just when you go for a walk, just pick up three pieces of rubbish. And so me and Lucy do that whenever we walk anywhere. And for a kid, that is literally kind of a game of hide and seek almost like she, she finds rubbish better than I ever can. And so it's, it's become a game. And so I think that's really important, making it fun, getting them involved when, when I've been making, um, making things like sauerkraut or, or things like that. I've been getting her involved cause it's all messy sort of stuff as well, which kids love. So So, yeah, it's just been actually bringing her in and talking to her about it. And, yeah, it's been great.
0: And you spoke about, you know, earlier that you would do little bits, you know, that you'd take the bags to the shop so you wouldn't take a plastic bag and things like that. And I feel that's where we're at. At the moment, you know, we have, I went out and bought after the war on waste, I went out and bought some buckets to put under the sink and I've got my cardboard bucket and I've got my soft yeah. plastic bucket. Cause I didn't realize I could even recycle soft plastic, but then, yeah. but then when I'm at the shops and we shop out Audi and like, if you buy like carrots, well, they're in plastic. If you're buying zucchinis, they're like mm. in plastic, mm. you know, there are all of these plastic things. And, and I know I could change my habits and go somewhere else and buy something that isn't wrapped in plastic, but I'm not doing that. Like, I, and I guess that's the question I want to ask, ask is like, how have you been able to, like, has it been hard to really embrace this lifestyle? Because I know it's not just one step and I, and I know the first step is just one step, but I feel that there's, it's just such a big change to kind of be, you can be green aware, but like going to zero waste, which is where hopefully a lot of listeners are heading. And, and, you know, I know the circles mm-hmm. that I hang around people are heading that way, but we also kind of get to a point where it's just like, Oh, it's getting a little bit hard.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and that's what, well, that's what I was actually going to try and bring into the conversation when I was saying like, I've been green for a long time. Years ago I tried to go completely plastic free and I had also just read up about, um, sort of food production, the the issues with fish populations um, plummeting and us overfishing and all this sort of stuff. And I had also gone vegan, which was quite short-lived. But I went to the supermarket and I was kind of going, okay, what am I going to buy? And I'm just walking through and there's just plastic everywhere. Um, then there was meat over here and then I went into this aisle wondering what I could buy and I, and there's plastic lining the inside of tin cans as well. So I knew that. And I ended up just like standing in front of this wall of tuna tins. And that was one of the main things that I've been shocked by was tuna. And just seeing like all these tins and thinking about every single supermarket in every town in Australia and then every country and how much tuna was around and what was happening. And I actually like burst into tears (laughs) And left the supermarket looking like an absolute nutter. And I got in my car and I ended up getting McDonald's. <laughs> and, and so I've I've thought about that a lot nowadays, like thinking back to that and just kind of going, "Okay, no, I was just too harsh on myself, and it was not, it was not a good way to make to inspire change in me. It, it paralysed me with fear, um, because it they are such gigantic, terrifying issues that are hard to even kind of process. So this time I have gone so much slower and gentle with myself. I haven't been beating myself up, but I have committed to stepping forward constantly. So I, this, I mean, you could start with the big four sort of thing, which are bottles, bags, cups, and straws. So they're the kind of like the easy ones to get used to. And then so when I, when I kind of got used to that, I was like, okay, I'm going to add something in here now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out this. I'm going to cut out the produce bags, which are the ones that you, you know, the little ones that you put all your fruit and veg in. And so I just did it bit by bit by bit. And now for the first time, we're in this like really good flow where zero waste is feeling easy. But had I done it the same way as I did the first attempt, I don't think I ever would have got here. So I think being easy on yourself and gentle and kind and understanding that, We're in a society that makes it very, very, very convenient to consume um, is is pretty key.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great advice, actually, because like, you know, and I'm just putting myself in the picture here is to kind of go instead of looking at that huge picture, maybe just look at my picture and go, okay, cool. Mike, if you just take the bags every time you do the shopping, that's great. Yep. And then the next yep. time, maybe if you get the choice of buying the less plastic thing or the no plastic thing, then that's great. And just kind of doing yes. those little steps. I think that's great advice.
1: And I, but I think it's like, it's the little steps, but then not allowing yourself to get comfortable as well. Like kind of do the little steps, but then like commit to it as well. Because that's one thing, one of my friends said this actually, which I thought was so good. He said, cause he used to always forget his bags and he said, I just Instead of just kind of going, okay, I forgot my bags, damn it, I'll remember them next time. He said, next time, if I get to the end of that checkout and there's a big line behind me and they've scanned through all my stuff, or they're scanning through all my stuff and I don't have my bags, I'm going to my car and I'm getting my bags, no matter how awkward and annoying it is. And he never forgot them again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it, I think it's yeah, it's that funny that funny um, mix of kind of like getting yourself to a point where you're feeling comfy and then testing yourself again.
0: Yeah. And uh, like through this journey are there certain things that you thought at the beginning, oh that's going to be really hard, but you've found a way to kind of get around it? Are there any kind of tips in those kind of areas that you could share?
1: Uh food. Food has always been hard. I find it it's it's funny because it's such a chain. So while I started with plastic it'll then kind of make you think about your food choice. So your diet sort of changes and then you kind of um, think about compost and things like that. And then you think about going zero waste. So it's all kind of linked and you do this kind of like crossover between what you're trying to do. Um, so I guess the thing that I thought would be the hardest would be going package free, completely package free. And that has actually been the easiest and most joyful process of the whole thing because you go to bulk stores, and I, what I've done now is I, I've m- m- put a list down of all the things that I I eat throughout the month, so nuts and seeds and any flowers and things like that. I go to a bulk store with all my own containers, which they weigh, and then they'll they'll tear that off. Um, and it's just so lovely. Even the even the store, everybody chats with you, and they're all excited that you brought your containers. So, I fill them up, take them home, and I just put them straight in my cupboard. My cupboard looks beautiful, and yeah, so that's actually been quite easy and and whereas usually every week I would run out of all my foodstuffs. now I've got like a month in advance, and I've always got something on hand to cook um so yeah, so that's made that's made life significantly easier, whereas I thought that would be a really hard thing and and as well as that, I added um an organic box delivery so my fruit and vegetables get delivered every week now so my shopping has actually really decreased since going zero waste which I just did not think would be the case
0: wow and and so th- with your organic uh the box is that through kind of like local farmers in the air and things like that is it one of those kind of things or yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's a collective so it's called the organic collective and they um yeah they they go to the markets every morning so you don't, you can be specific about what you want, or you can just say, "Hey, just give me what's seasonal." Um, we've got a couple of things that we don't like, so they're fine with that. I've I've told them I want no plastic at all in my box. So if there's cherry tomatoes, just take them out the punnet, whack them in the box, that's fine. And they are so helpful with that. And it, it's just, it's also been a really lovely thing to, to eat within the seasons, to to get what's fresh and what's peak nutrition and just delicious and also just to get a bit more creative with what I'm cooking. Um and I know that's that's a stressful thing for a lot of a lot of people, especially if you're mums and you've got lots of kids and things like that, thinking about having to get creative with cooking is can be stressful, but you also kind of get used to like I, I, I always have like this thing called a mishmash if I don't know what to cook. And we literally just chop up vegetables, fry them up, mix them with a bit of egg and that's a mishmash and it's delicious. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's improved what I'm eating, how I'm eating and making me more creative in the kitchen. So it's just fun.
0: Yeah. I'm a big fan of eating seasonally. And it's, it's one thing that I, you know, Inga and I have kind of headed down towards a a close to meat free life. Like we yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. we don't really eat any meat. We have, we don't eat any red meat at home. We occasionally we'll eat fish. Um, But when, whenever we go to somebody's house, whatever they give us, we eat Um, because Ah, you're freaking. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I I just believe that um, if someone's opening up their table for me, that's so much more important than, you know, what I, I what I want to eat and not want to eat. And also I've, I've been on the reverse of that. <laughs> I've, I've had yeah, yeah, yeah. vegans <laughs> and vegetarians come to my house yes. when I was a, a, a massive meat eater going, what am I going to cook these people? This is annoying. Um, so I definitely, exactly, don't, want, I definitely yeah. don't want to be that. But like, as going down this path, you know, you talk about going to the bulk stores and you're getting an organic box delivered to you and things like that. What about the financial side of things? Is it a lot more expensive to be green um or have you found like things kind of even out?
1: I found that it evens out. I the first I keep calling it like my first attempt at going green, but that time it was more expensive because I had the wrong mindset. I was kind of going, "Oh my god, if I'm going to go green, I need to get this $500 juicer because that will help me with my with, with eating organic and da da da." And it's like, "No, no, no. If you use what you've got, and you start to get used to living with less and, and really questioning what you're bringing into your life, it just becomes so much easier. So for me, our, our shopping bill is now exactly the same as it had been, but we're eating all organic. So usually people say organics just ridiculously expensive, but for us it hasn't been. It, it has literally equaled out. Um, and also just I think – Paying attention to those little costs that you incur really, really opens your eyes at how much money you can waste from not being eco. So for example, I always, even though I've got two kids, one of them's breastfed so I don't have to pack anything for him, but I've got Lucy and I always pack our lunch when we go out and I have our our water bottles and I've got a keep cup. So yeah, I have got extra stuff that I have to pack and I have to be a little bit more organized, but then, when I thought about it, I, if I was out, Lucy would have got thirsty or hungry. I would have had to find a, a deli, stand in a line with two kids, buy water, which is $2,000, uh, 2000% more expensive than it would be if it was just out of the tap, buy a bottle of water for her, and then God knows what else she would want to buy. And the, these little things add up. So now because I've got everything in my bag, I'm prepared, I'm ready, I've got the healthier options and I've got package-free options. So, yeah, it it has worked out. And even our activities are are less expensive now because we're focusing more on experiences than going to the shops and buying something. We're going for walks. We're getting out in nature and and making crafts out of sticks and leaves and things like that. Mm. Like it's – it's amazing when once, it's, once it's, you start finding your flow, just how much money you save and how much more sort of joy you find in your everyday activities.
0: Yeah, definitely. And there, there is a, a progression, I guess a flow on effect with everything. What are some of the changes that you've seen in other areas of your life since embracing zero waste?
1: Our health definitely has gone up. because <laughs> um, So when I started doing it a year ago, I mean, in the first little while of doing it, I ended up losing 20 kilos. Wow! So, yeah. So, and that had been weight that I had been trying to. I, I put half of that back on, by the way, now that I've had Toby. But it's it's coming off easier. Whereas I used to find health and body image quite hard to to handle. Whereas now, because we're walking everywhere and and we're playing, and we're much more active, and there's less there's less stuff that you're grabbing on the go, which is full of sugar and preservatives and all that sort of stuff. Our health has just gone through the roof. So that would definitely be um, one of the areas of my life that I've liked the most. And also I think, I think creativity as well. Just, I mean, as you know, I'm going to be starting my new blog soon and it's just being a bit more mindful even about having the TV on Um, and just kind of opening up that space in the evening and kind of just getting a notepad And putting the lamp on and just writing away and just my creativity is soared because I'm not just kind of constantly filling my head with drivel basically, which is what I was doing for a while there.
0: And I guess speaking about that drivel, like when you talk about hating waste, I'm kind Mm. of getting this feeling that it's not just about hating Physical waste or, or the rubbish that seems to be this this deeper notion about hating you know wasting time and wasting life by yeah. a- accumulating things you know talk to me about that side of things
1: well I mean I guess that's that's a knock on effect from from losing Louise as well like even though it kind of returned me to my passion, which is has always been the environment and it's it's inspired me to go back to uni um, to do sustainability which I'm super excited about. So it, it awoke that kind of passion in me, but it also just made me just realise how distracted we'd become, I think. And it's just inspired me to make the most out of out of my life, basically. It's when you when you've got sort of front row tickets to someone facing their own mortality, it, it affects you, you know, in a way that you can't really shrug off. I mean, it's why all the movies are, like, about, have you seen About Time?
0: No, I don't think
1: so. Oh, God, watch that movie. But it's one of those movies, that's why movies always have these big death scenes that kind of stick with you afterwards. And when you have it in your own life, it's just a different thing altogether.
0: No, it's (laughs) it's really interesting. Like, when we, like, we all know that that day is going to arrive. But when is Mm. that day? Like we all think that that day is off in the future, but we just don't know how long that piece of future string is. So why, yeah. you know, I guess kind of going deeper here, why do we, why do we often push things off to tomorrow?
1: Well, I think it's easy. It's easy to ignore the fact that we're going to die because it's a really scary thing to think of, and. I think we really do just get so bogged down in just these things that just don't matter at all, just as a distraction. I think it's 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 a choice we're making, and also because it's scary it's scary being bold with your life. it's scary doing the things that that light you up but it's also since since we lost her, it's also made me a lot braver about it because you just kind of go like it's not like. I think before I'd been playing life like I'm going to get to an end destination. If I do everything right, then I'm going to get this and I'll be happy. And you kind of go, no, that's not how it goes. You've got to be happy in the moment. Because nothing's guaranteed. I, I thought about um, when she first had the seizure, the, the, the morning of. I can't remember, but I was complaining to Mark about something stupid. And then we got the phone call. And you just kind of go, my God, well, why was I complaining that my clothes weren't dried on the line? Like that's such a stupid thing to have wasted my time with. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's important to allow ourselves to kind of stay woken to that fact and to kind of get comfortable with being uncomfy and thinking about our deathbeds and our deathbed regrets.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting that you you talk there about arriving at a point and then everything being okay. And it's, it's like we're all chasing that imaginary finishing line and, yeah. and it's, it's so true like that. Like you think about where we are now and like everybody listening, you can think about this, like where you are right now is, a place that you probably thought was never possible maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago. Mm. You dreamt Mm. about buying that house. You dreamt about going on that overseas holiday. You dreamt about finding that person. You dreamt about getting that job. Well, you've got all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever
0: whatever that is for each individual person, you know, I don't know every single individual person, but whatever that is, we have it. And it's like at at, at what point do we go – this is it, like we've arrived, like this is the place, this is the time when we all need to start just really enjoying and and being super happy.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day um, where I was talking to someone because it was really bucketing down with rain and they were just going, oh, my God, I can't wait till summer's here. And then I was just thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I know that when summer's here, one of us is going to say, God, I can't wait till it's colder and it's winter. <laughs> and it's just, when, when does that end? And that's just, it, we do exactly the same thing with our lives. And even, even with Toby the other day, he, he wasn't sleeping. And I was really worried that he wasn't well and he wasn't sleeping. And then he started sleeping the whole way through the night. And I started freaking out because he must be sick because he's sleeping for so long. <laughs> and there's just these, these little patterns that I notice that humans do where you just kind of go, no, just pull back. This is the moment. It's now. And just enjoy it. That's, that's all you've got. That's the only guarantee. So just go with it a bit more. Be less serious about it.
0: Mm. I, I 100% agree with that. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about living in the seasons. And, and yeah. going, you know, this is where we are right now. And soon this is going to change and then we're going to be in a different place. And whether that is seasons as in, you know, we're eating summer food now and, and now we're eating winter food or whether it's a season of, you know what, you know, the family is just not great at the moment. But you know what, it was brilliant a couple of months ago. It's going to be brilliant in a couple of months time. You just got to yeah. push through that. And, and it's so easy for you and I to jump on Skype and have this conversation and it's, it's yeah. sometimes a little bit harder to kind of put that into our, our own lives and are there, any, are there any tips that you have about kind of putting that into your own lives or, or is it just really about being aware of it?
1: Um, I, think, I think being aware of it, I think laughing, <laughs> laughing is good. I will second <laughs>
0: that, I will 100% yeah. second that. Like I, I, you know, sorry to cut you off there, but you just hit the the nail on the head for me because so often I will just smile, you know, by myself Mm -hmm. or whatever, because I know that if I do that for long enough, whatever I'm thinking about or whatever I'm upset about just goes away. And it's, it's so true. Just sometimes those, those little acts of laughing or smiling, even if you think it's a little bit weird just smile. Yep. Like the next time everybody listening, the next time you're in a car by yourself and you're going to pick up your kids from school or you're going to get the milk or you're driving to work, I'm talking about a five to 15 minute trip. Mm. Smile the whole way. You will be a changed person by the time you get out of that car. I promise you.
1: That's awesome. I'm going to try that. I haven't done that. No. I, but I also, I also think adding that it's contagious as well because uh, I think, was it yesterday? God, I've lost the days, but I was with my, one of my best friends and we were kind of talking about a few things that we're both going through and, and having both of us having young kids and it was just a madhouse And you could see that both of us were getting stressed because all of our kids were wanting different things and to be fed and this and that. And we just looked at each other and just lost it laughing and we didn't stop for quite a while. And, we just felt so much better after it. It just changed the entire mood. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of that surrender, isn't it, when you laugh? And, and the, just like, this is it. <laughs> I'm going with the flow.
0: And the other great thing about a big belly laugh is you feel like you just had an ab workout as well.
1: Yes, which is always helpful for new mumps. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Emily, I am very conscious of your time here today. So I have one final question, and it is a question that I ask all of my guests. And that's if you could please describe your perfect day.
1: Oh, perfect day. I think I would wake up in the morning and have some time to myself. I think that's important for mums and do a bit of writing, walk along the beach, come back to a coffee, and then just hang out with my family I think hang out with my family write watch movies wear tracky dacks and have good conversations I think that's pretty much
0: it happy days there's it's it's always a happy day when you get to walk around in tracky dacks and for all of my North American uh listeners tracky dacks (laughs) is an Australian slang for uh, a tracksuit. So uh, a, a jacket and pants that look the same, that is kind of like active wear. Yeah,
1: but like slouchier and comfier. Preferably <laughs> your husband's.
0: Oh, really? Okay, got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time here, Emily. I've had an absolute blast here. You've given us some great tips about being more mindful about waste but also some great tips about parenthood some great tips about just enjoying life and laughing out out loud which i absolutely love mm-hmm. um but if people do kind of want to reach out and learn a little bit more about you what's the best way for them to do that and you did mention a new blog that you might be launching in the near future so tell me all about yes
1: that. Yeah, so hopefully I'll get that up this weekend. We never know, but I'm pretty sure it will be up. <laughs> and that's m so E M dot com. And you can also find me on Instagram at eco with M underscore. So yeah, sharing lots of tips and DIYs and and just kind of trying to make trying to make going green a bit more fun and a bit less doom and gloom
0: and I I guess on the on the tips there that you spoke about like what are some like if someone's like you know what I love this conversation I want to be a little bit more mindful about kind of being a little bit more eco what what's what's a handful of tips that you would say to people that are kind of easy to kind of those first initial steps to kind of get them going
1: I guess the big four in terms of kind of plastic free which I'm super passionate about and that's bottles bags cups and straws so um, that if you cut, if the if, if world cut them out, that would cut out 50% of all plastics that are created. So I, I always say to kind of assemble your plastic-free kit that you take with you in your handbag. It doesn't have to be huge. Um, a straw if you want one, a steel straw that you can get, a keep cup, um, a reusable bottle and a little calico bag or something for just those last-minute purchases when you're out. Um, that's a fantastic way to get started and then just kind of being aware, I think like putting the microscope on your life and looking at all those things you buy and looking at how they're packaged, where they're made and just, just asking yourself the question, is there a better way to do this or do do I even need this? So I guess, and that would be another thing just to think about the five R's of zero waste, which is refuse is the first one then reduce then reuse then recycle and then rot so if you if you kind of if you if you start with the first one which is refuse you cut out a whole heap of your waste <laughs> and then just kind of keep going down the hierarchy there
0: i love that the 5 Rs and the the 4 Ps was that it the uh, no, the, the
1: the big four. Oh yeah, the four P's. That's a good way. Of the four it, the, the big four.
0: The big the big f- the big four of plastic in the five R's. There we are. I feel like I'm I'm at TAFE teaching some some marketing classes here. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the four P's of marketing, but anyway. <laughs> no, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, trade well, up.
0: Well, I will definitely make sure that all of those links are in the show notes at liveimmediately.com and definitely be spruiking out the new website and the blog and everything when that comes, comes out and because and, I've, I've absolutely loved this conversation. So thank you so much for that, Em. But uh, is there anything that I've forgotten or left out or anything that you want to say before we say our goodbyes?
1: no just this has been really fun so thank you for having me here it's
0: been lovely oh you're so much more than welcome and thank you once again and thank you everybody for listening I really do hope that you get so much from this episode and really think about some of the things that that Em and I have been speaking about and take some of these tips into your daily life but um, until next time everybody have fun Mm -hmm. and live immediately